Blog Talk Radio. February 2019, beaming from WBRN Radio and on the Boston Red Network. Boston Red here from the Jerry Pippen Broadcast Booth. Been an interesting uh, weekend here, I guess you'd say. Uh, had the annual uh, festivity called the uh, Super Bowl. We have a boycott against the NFL uh, this year, uh, in 2018, into 2019. So we won't report in detail, however, one can't escape the event. We have the take of one DJ Trump, uh, the president, about his uh, son, his youngest son, uh, Brendan. And whether or not he would play uh, football, we'll have that part in. And this is also the lowest scoring game in Super Bowl history. The L.A. Rams uh, had three points and... The winning uh, Pats, uh, Patriots, uh, had uh, 13 points. So it made it a 16-point game. Uh, Later on, uh, Facebook didn't think very much of the game. And there was uh, controversy from the very beginning. The original group uh, chosen for the halftime music presentation uh, declined and supported uh, Colin Kopernick. And thus they put in a group out of Los Angeles I'd never heard of called Maroon 5. Maroon 5 uh, performed, and uh, there was an article in the Washington Post talking about various people that performed at halftime and want to be forgotten for that. People are uh, boycotting Maroon uh, 5. So it was not a merry event, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, It was one of those events that comes and one of those events that goes. The usual uh, sponsors there, Pepsi uh, in the town that Coca-Cola built in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, various others, including Google. I was just looking at a list of some of the sponsors. But in the regional coverage, our own Stacey Abram had her uh, organization's uh, little 30-second commercial there talking about the fair vote. And we'll get to Stacey Abrams in a minute. Tomorrow night, she will deliver the uh, Democratic response to the uh, State of the Union, which we will cover that part of it. We used to cover the State of the Union's live on the Barack Obama, and most of them, uh, but on the DJ Trump, uh, we just basically skipped it, but we'll still be reporting on it. On the international scene, at least in the Americas, uh, Venezuela, uh, there uh, with a self-proclaimed president and a real uh, president talking about fake news, Nicholas... uh, Mundro, Mundro, excuse me, I'm always 
Well, I have a thing with him. Anyway, Nicholas Mondro uh, Morial, uh, the president of uh, Venezuela, and the, we had over the weekend the 20th anniversary of the uh, Chavista uh, movement there in Venezuela. And the, the Comandante uh, Mundros was interviewed by a Spanish uh, broadcast outlet, and they asked him about the possibility of a civil war in uh, Venezuela. He said it could actually take uh, place. At this point in time, the U.S. and various other uh, Western uh, capitalist nations, for the most part, and then the Americas, uh, these uh, right-wing uh, dictatorships and right-wing governments have lined up behind uh, the uh, self-proclaimed uh, candidate. Thus, we have the standoff there. They are uh, talking about trying to distribute what they call humanitarian aid through uh, Colombia. Colombia is ruled uh, by a right-wing uh, president also. So how this will ultimately fan out will be very important uh, to the Americas. Um, if there is a war in uh, Venezuela, it will affect the whole of the Americas, not only the whole of Americas, but the international situation uh, with uh, the Russian Federation squarely behind the Venezuelan government and many others, including Mexico uh, and uh, others in this hemisphere. Thus, you would have that war. You'd have Colombia, no doubt, in it. And you'd have uh, several other these right-wing uh, nations. I don't know where Brazil would be in that particular uh, setup. But you would have the U.S. said talking about of sending thousands of American troops. There are already thousands on the U.S. border. The militarization there. Uh, and the question uh, begs to be asked, can they uh, repeat uh, what happened in El Salvador, Guatemala in uh, the 80s? The answer there is no. Things have uh, definitely changed, and the whole dynamic of people have changed period. And you have the uh, forces are there now, the Bolivarian Bul uh, Revolution uh, was named after the uh, Prime Minister of, he was actually the Prime Minister of, uh, leader I should say, of Venezuela uh, and uh, several other Colombia, Ecuador, there, um, and his picture is uh, prominent in the uh, presidential uh, halls, and even this uh, Guaido character uh, had a little picture of himself, uh, Simon Bolivar. Uh, the Bolivarian uh, revolution there is ingrained in Venezuela. Now, again, to the question, we have this in several uh, places. We have a, a center-right candidate uh, elected in El Salvador, the former mayor of San Salvador. What he's done is effectively the same thing happened in France, uh, came with a new party, the uh, Gena Party, I think G-A-N-A, and he uh, won the election by 50-something points. And he had to uh, put himself, because the parliamentary had to put himself in uh, with uh, some of the smaller right-wing parties. It's sort of like uh, where this uh, character in Venezuela comes from, a small right-wing party. Uh, 
And the problem with these right-wing parties is he's talking about such things as inviting in the IMF. Well, the IMF and these other international organizations, well, yes, they will lend him money, but they will uh, impose austerity on the Venezuelan people. So that means a standard of living where you will see the grocery stores with more food because the U.S. will be letting that in. But at the same time, the lives of ordinary people will become a much, much more difficult because of austerity. Government services will be cut, etc. It just doesn't work out. If you look into Brazil, what's happened there after the Workers' Party uh, under uh, Mr. Lula, being in a power and his predecessor for roughly uh, 20 years. The government changes, but right-wing uh, type ideologies trickle down uh, theories, as such as happened in the U.S. under the D.J. Trump administration, have a short-term effect on economies. And then in the long term, and as we're talking about uh, less than five years, things go uh, south. And this is the problem. And even the problem, the media are keeping their story straight. They first said, with, well, a dueling uh, protest the weekend, they tried to say at one time uh, the uh, President Nicholas uh, Andros uh, only had uh, several hundred uh, followers. And then they said, well, there were thousands of them. They kept changing the story. And then they tried to say, well, it was on Venezuelan TV. We saw it. It was live. And you could see hundreds of thousands of people, as far as you could see. In fact, uh, the Commandant Mendros had his binoculars out there to look on the crowd. They said, well, he was somehow how manipulated. Then they come up with some Air Force uh, general. Uh, that commanded uh, no troops, they said strategic general. It turns out Venezuela has over uh, 3,000 generals, all kinds of generals running around. And this character, they don't know where he is. Uh, the only thing they do know is came out on the Twitter from the uh, Venezuelan command uh, with the word, English word, traitor written on it. And this character, uh, they said the acting general. In other words, the... Uh, bourgeois press or the, the corporate press etc can't get the story uh, straight it keeps changing day by day by day one uh, immediately knows this is a mickey mouse operation it is mickey mouse uh, from the uh, beginning now the only question here is is how strong the venezuelan armed forces are can they keep them uh, against a suitcase full of dollars falling on uh, some generals are the assassination of some of the generals there in Venezuela. That will be a uh, short-term uh, situation. And at the same time, the INF the treaty uh, with the Russian Federation, the Trump people pulled out of it. Then the Russian Federation is moving on. That does not make the world any safer. So we have that backdrop. And also in the U.S. here, there is a... Uh, chance that the government could shut down again in a matter of weeks, the middle of the month. So we're at the fourth now. So roughly about two weeks or less than two weeks, there could be another shutdown. So this is what happens with these right-wing governments, and uh, we continue to see this. 
we'll go to the Washington Post. Now, incidentally, in the uh, so-called Super Bowl commercial uh, lineup, uh, Democracy in the Dark, uh, the nice commercial, looked at it uh, from the Washington Post, and it talks about journalists that were killed, etc., trying to report the news. Now, they did not have Lopen Press in there, and I think we need to put that in. That's what the fascists called the fake news. And we hear the term the fake news. But when we look at some polling uh, out of Iowa, uh, out of Iowa, this would be out of poll, out of Iowa, from Emerson College uh, in Boston, which is right across the street uh, from the Common. Incidentally, the Pats Parade uh, will be on Tuesday uh, in uh, downtown Boston. So those are some of the things out of the way. We'll go now to the uh, story, very interesting story here, that leads uh, to many other things. The uh, in of uh, Virginia, uh, Raff and North from there, the governor, and uh, is a story of him. This is by uh, Christopher Emden. Less than eight months ago, after addressing a room full of educators about teaching strategies to acknowledge and heal uh, from a uh, history of racism in education. I took a seat uh, to hear the governor, Rep. Northam, uh, speak. After expressing his commitment to education justice, he held my book for white folks who teach in the hood and for the rest of you all, too, and told the audience uh, full of teachers and school leaders to get the damn book. It was a flattering endorsement of my work from an elected official, and I was deeply humbled. After the event, we shared an intimate moment where he mentioned that he played a basketball in a desegregated school in a troubling time in Virginia's past. He mentioned that his high school graduating class was mostly African-American. He told me that his experiences during uh, the segregation shaped him and his outlook on education. Equality. In that moment, I was convinced that he was one of the good guys, a politician who understood how race and class uh, can uh, be uh, swept under the rug and the need to be uh, need to face head on uh, to provide a sound education for all young people. After the event, I was invited to uh, the Virginia Governor's Mansion where Northam's wife and I discussed education in Virginia and their uh, shared belief that students of all races and creeds should have access to an education that uh, instills a sense of pride in their racial heritage and culture. At one point, we stood in front of a picture of a woman named uh, Barbara Ross John that hung uh, prominently in the mansion. In 1951, then 16 years old, Barbara uh, led a strike for equal education in Virginia. She was a revolutionary who protect, who, uh, whose protest led to one of the uh, lower uh, cases that folded in historic of Brown versus Virginia. There were several cases, incidentally, in that decision because of Barbara Rose, uh, Rose John and people like her Separate but equal schooling was uh, defeated in the country, knowing that her portrait was hang, uh, was chosen to uh, to uh, adorn the uh, walls of the mansion. Uh, stuck struck me deeply. I I was convinced that it was uh, chosen to represent what the governor and his wife stood for. The uh, short narrative I was told about the slave question. Uh, housed right inside of the main mansion's window, didn't uh, mean much to me. Uh, 
what I uh, heard, uh, held uh, was uh, to uh, the uh, careful uh, curation of stories and artifacts that were presented to me as a uh, representation of the governor and what he stood for. I focused on the story of a young uh, white, we'll call it European boy, in a mostly African-American school who was struck by the inequality and injustice who went on to become a doctor, then a military officer, then a governor who used his uh, platform to fight for those who he had uh, seen being wronged. A noble uh, occupation there. This was his, this was a person who chose uh, to have a Barbara Ross John uh, picture hanging on the wall. After news broke about the picture where Northam's medical school yearbook, I was stunned. However, it struck me that uh, this was, uh, th uh, struck me the most was not the picture themselves, but the reporting that the pictures were carefully uh, curated uh, by the governor. As an adult, after he had witnessed with the uh, desegregation of school, those images were what he chose to represent who he, uh, who he is. He selected them uh, like uh, Barbara uh, Johns. Although I was uh, more, as more I deeply thought about the news, I wondered if he simply uh, handily uh, curated his uh, yearbook page. The answer, contrary to what some news reports say, is no. In uh, many ways, uh, the pages for the yearbook was so curated by this country. And this is one thing you always have to look at. What's the wider uh, situation? The medical school uh, yearbook is vintage Americans. That is, reminds you of Make America Great Again. America is uh, white folk in blackface, Ku Klux Klan's members, white dudes with uh, carefree uh, poses in front of a classic Corvette. The Corvette is an American sports car. The KKK is an American hate group. Jim Crow is an American legacy. In 1984, when the yearbook was uh, put together, an aversion uh, for blackness and the celebration of white supremacy was so accepted. It wasn't a question by the medical school who put the yearbook together. This means that the online sentiment behind the picture was endorsed by an institution that abides by the Hippocratic Oath that all doctors uh, take to protect of uh, life full and the process of uh, my art, gaining respect of all uh, men for all times. Today, as everyone uh, indicates, the governor uh, indicts, excuse me, the governor for his racism, and uh, someone professed uh, to stew in anger at uh, how he uh, let down his constituency. I am more disturbed by the way we allow folks to construct progressive public personas and that are allowed to mask problematic past events as the country endorses the past and the masking. We allow people to use buzzwords like equality, social justice to mask their racism. We allow setting, have allowed a setting next to the uh, right person or hanging the right uh, photo to erase those things. They have done that uh, cause pain. We have failed to allow folks to face the history and uh, part they play in uh, what they profess to fight against. It's easy to advocate for something without uh, 
acknowledging that you are part of what caused it. It's easy for a governor to denounce the hate in the Charlottesville in 2017 when white supremacist KKK members, neo-Nazis, rioted without acknowledging that he is a branch of the tree from which the hate grew. Today, the unearthing of the abhorrent pitches from the governor's yearbook leads every uh, African-American constituent to uh, be uh, framed as a Jim Crow image in the photo. It brings uh, black folk in Virginia and beyond to feel the terror of being led by a Klansman. Black folk will always question if this is how the governor sees them. They will uh, never know who is leading them. This uh, It is the uh, local boy who learned from segregation of the man who hates black people. When a curated uh, progressive uh, persona reveals itself to be a new uh, iteration of the same old racism, it hurts. It takes uh, the wind out of the sail of uh, black folk who thought they were headed to a uh, promised land of equality and freedom uh, with uh, the support of an ally. To the education community, this is why we focus on anti-racist teaching and the need for teachers to confront their past and present biases when uh, working with uh, communities of color. In a moment, in moments like these, I uh, become more keenly aware that racism is being masked by carefully curated uh, words. I'm growing increased more uh, sensitive to disingenuous uh, celebration of Black History Month by folks who uh, don't see our history uh, without their supremacy. I've become more aware that uh, created artifacts that look and sound good, such as uh, equity-focused uh, uh, curriculums and when enacted by racist people only serve to uh, distract from the racism and not address it. More importantly, I am keenly aware that racism has uh, been deposited into the fabric of this country, even in the, uh, even in the five of the fabric we uh, use to mass it is woven into the portrait of Barbara Ross uh, John, deeply embedded in e equality-themed uh, uh, academic standards, presented in stories of uh, desegregation, and uh, stamped into the pedagogy of uh, inclusion. It is worn by those who profess to be our strongest allies, and we won't know it until we uh, reveal until they re reveal themselves of their past. No doubt uh, about that. Uh, you have that particular situation. This is African History Month. I think it's appropriate to bring this about. And if we look at the entire story of Governor Northam from a uh, dialectic point of view, there are positive things in the negative. He's brought out uh, the face of politicians that curate all kinds of uh, pictures, carefully uh, crafted uh, PR, that they are anti-racist, that they are fighting against racism, when in fact he finally admitted, he claims that this photo wasn't him, but he finally admitted that he had a blackface one in a uh, talent contest as he played uh, Michael Jackson. Why was he in this uh, blackface? That's a minstrel show. Because of some type of racism within him and growing up in this African uh, high school 
and then in his campaign, his church is an African-American church, and he's going to African-American churches to get the vote. It's sort of like Bill Clinton when he was uh, coming from a memorial to uh, the late uh, Ron uh, Brown. Ron Brown, of course, was a product of Harlem, New York, where he was uh, making a joke and laughing, and then when the camera came